I was drag racing. I'm a drag racer. You were drag racing? Mm. In a Prius? I don't win a lot. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Guys, girls, it is episode number 23. It is the third week in September, and we are getting nice today. We have so much to get to today. Like, I could usually uh, I keep this to an hour, and I promise that I always do that for you, but uh but I could give you two on this episode without breaking a sweat, without putting it on the chip at all. We've got so much to talk about today. We've got a record-setting episode for you today. We have two brilliant guests on. The first will be Glenn Butcher. He is an NHRA Division Three top sportsman standout. Cannot wait to have him on. And then we also will have Sean Brady, another top sportsman driver, and he is the vice president of the Midwest Top Sportsman Series. Um, we had a heavy dose of rails last week, so we're going to get back. We're going to have some hoods. We're going to have some doors. We're going to have uh, some quarter panels and fenders for you today, and I like it. Uh, but before we get at it, um, give us a like on the Facebook page. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Fast Brackets. Just... Um, you can also hit that Facebook page up, the Fast Brackets Podcast Facebook page, and get your Fast Brackets Nation gear. Um, what I'm being told is that they are the softest t-shirts around, and you also will get a decal uh, for your car, toolbox, etc. People have been sending me these messages, and they are getting hooked up just like you can, and the feedback on the shirts is fantastic. And um, our guy... Luke Bogacki wore his in the winner's circle pick the other night at I-57 Dragway, a place that I know for a fact are a bunch of killers that call that their stomping ground, and he got into the winner's circle with it. He wore it in the circle, took the karma that he was, um, you know, needed to get ready for the fall fling, so go get him, Luke, there this weekend. Um, but mow the yard, make your commute, clean the shop, load into the rig, but essentially get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put them in the water box and talking. let's talk about something that we should never be talking about, and that is minimum weights in top sportsman, top dragster. Um, you know, as it stands now, um, the rules were designed, and I think I can understand why they were there originally. Um, but, hey, let's get everybody a chance. So everybody has a chance to qualify. And um, just so we're level setting this thing, um, a big block naturally aspirated car can be lighter than a big block nitrous car, which can be lighter than a big block blower car, et cetera. 
in small blocks have white weights as well. Um, and I think I can get on board with why those rules were put in place to begin with. But where we're at in the world right now, those weights are not at all necessary. Um, everyone is pushing the minimum dial, at least on the top dragster side. And by the way, it's a bracket race. Um, so shouldn't we be encouraging everyone to go faster? Um, and what I mean by that is why not stack an extra 100 horsepower system on uh, for nitrous on your naturally aspirated motor? Who cares? Let's not encourage smaller motors. I mean, for real, let's not encourage those. Should everyone get extra weight thrown at them if a bunch of four bangers show up? I don't think so. Um, and I doubt this gets much run uh, or truly impacts that many events. But in my mind, it is completely unnecessary and can only be a detriment to the class. Um, this thing needs to go away, just like the fuel checks went away um, a while back. Um, and to be fair, I don't want people to have to add weight and slow down to give someone else a shot. I want that person to go faster, no matter how many combos they have. Um, I mean, if they want to put um, turbos and nitruses together, go for it. Let, let's let's go. You still have to bracket race at the end. I mean, who cares about the weight? Who cares about single power adders, to be fair? Um, and, and I mean this on both sides of the ladder, top sportsman and top dragster, it's the same. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, let Ashley Johnson build an all-titanium dragster that weighs 1,400 pounds all in. Great. It's fine. She can only go 6'10". There is really not a lot of need for these uh, rules anymore. Um, and if you have a different opinion than mine, that's fine. Perfect. Bring it on. Hit me up. Get at me. Um, you can do that on the Facebook or Twitter page. Um, if you have a take on this that isn't terrible, I might bring you on to discuss it on the next show. I'm all for it. Uh, but at this point, in my mind, the minimum weights need to completely go away. All right, let's put it in the beams presented by thisisbracketracing.com. Um, our next guest um, has wins in every major sanctioning body there is for top sportsmen and HRA, both on the national and divisional level wins. He won at the IHRA level. He won in the ADRL and the PDRA. If you want to get a look at his mug, you can check him on the cover of Drag Illustrated. That is the July 4, 2014 edition. And he is, without question, um, the driver of one of the most beautiful first-gen Camaros on the planet. Welcome to the show, Glenn Butcher. Glenn, how are you today? Doing well, thank you very much. Doing well. Hey, I, I mentioned it. Um, your your Camaro is one of the most gorgeous top sportsman cars um, that ever rolls into a, a, a track, but um, I know you didn't start with that car. Would you take our listeners way back and talk to them about how you got started in drag racing? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, it was quite a long time ago. Um, I started out drag racing a Dodge Caravan. Um, All right. Told my mom I was told my mom I was going to the movies, and uh, me and my buddy Dave went down to Dragway 42 and started racing Friday nights in the street class. Uh, 
we never, I never did tell my mom, um, never did tell her, you know what I mean? That that's what we did with the minivan. We always, we always found a way to get home before curfew. Uh, we did win one time and, uh, I rolled down the window and threw the trophy out the window. Dave, <laughs> Dave looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, well, we can't go home with that. My mom would kill me. So, uh, that's, that was my first, first car. So I had a, Dodge Caravan. It was maroon with wood paneling on the side. It was pretty sexy. I love that. Um, well, the- so we, we, I moved on from there to um, multiple Camaros. Uh, always red. Um, we ran some quick 16s and and stuff like that. And then eventually, uh, eventually bought a 69. It was kind of a quick 16 uh, top sportsman-ish car. So we started racing that and um, tried out our first top sports and race and decided we needed a better car. And I bought a 63. And that's when we started racing top sports and with our 63 Corvette, about 1999 or so. Okay. And, and how long did you race that uh, 63 in the top sportsman? Uh, I raced classes. the 63 in Top Sportsman. It was better than my earlier Camaro, but um, it was uh, very ill handling. So um, we raced it for about four years. The first two years of its career uh, were a little scary. Um, I met Garrett throughout that time period and uh, took Garrett from Garrett Race Cars, and he. He fixed it. The bump steer was all over the place. You know, you let go of the button and you didn't know what it was going to do. So some days, some days it was good. Some days it wasn't. You always were, you always were carrying a couple because you didn't know if you're going to have to pedal it once, twice, three times or, right. or not. But so we got it all figured out and uh, we started, we raced it for about four years. Then um, a relationship was so good with Garrett that I had him build me a, a 68 and uh, we raced it for about six years yeah um and your current car is a garrett car and i'd, I'd like to touch on this because i you know i know you've ran it for a couple of years now but uh walk us through that that car and combo and kind of the some of the things that you've done that are unique to top sportsman cars on that thing yeah that car was built when i was racing adrl so garrett my 68 was extremely custom as well, but the 69, I think Aaron was built a 69. It's a one-off 69 body. Uh, it's got narrowed up hips, um, ultra lightweight. It's got slip jointed titanium tubes everywhere. Titanium firewall. We built it for ADRL cause we were trying to maybe be real light, uh, running top sportsman ADRL. There was no, uh, no weight, weight rule there. So, I mean, it's got everything. I told Garrett, he goes, what do you want on? I said, I want everything but curb feelers. <laughs> so, I mean, it's got machine gun barrel steering column. It's got a flip-flop holder in the door to hold my shoes. It's got the hole underneath. The carbon fiber is in a uh, on a flame pattern. So, when you get on the projects, the hole underneath of the car is one gigantic flame going across the whole floor of the car. I mean, it's it's really an amazing piece of piece of work. I, I completely agree. I've had a chance to 
check it out on a couple different occasions. And to all our listeners, if you see Glenn out, you you have to go check out that uh, that car because it is a just a killer piece in the details as well. But uh, talk talk to us a little bit about your power plant and um, how you get that thing down the track. Um, real good. I got a, I got Holbert racing engines power. I got an 808 in there now. Um, my buddy Butch Peterson's always helped us, uh, tune the chassis and, uh, shoot. Got an Abruzzi transmission with a Abruzzi converter, man, those stuff. You get good, good performance like that. And who's your tires? That's, uh, that's what you need. You know, uh, those, those three things, a good transmission, good motor, tires, and a, and a Garrett car, it's usually, if we don't win, it's because of the driver. It's usually not because of the car. So, You mentioned your 800 cubic inch uh, motor, and you, you spray it as well. Um, for, remind our listeners what type of ETs you're usually putting down in the quarter mile right about now. Right now, we're in the quarter mile, we run anywhere from 641 uh, to we can go as fast as 630s with that particular tune-up. That's on two systems. Um, the motor makes like 1,614 horsepower, and then we spray two good systems on top of that um, for the quarter mile. The eighth mile stuff, we typically run three systems. Haven't been 390 yet, but I will when I get to Virginia. Typically run low 40s, um, low to mid 40s, and we're going to tune it up when we get to Virginia and put it in the 390s. But there we go. I like that. Let's let's get that thing tuned up. I was going to ask you how many more systems you have to use, um, and it sounds like you just answered that. You're going to go with the third system uh, for the. Yeah, we run three over there. We got four on it. Um, haven't never, haven't turned the fourth on except for an override. I always make sure I have an override. So when we run ADRL, I run three systems plus an override. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. And you mentioned before you mentioned the titanium, um, chassis components and just from, a because just because I touched on it early in our program, how much weight do you have to add to that thing to make weight and, and that it's movable around. Do you have to add some weight to the car to make it legal in NHR? Trim? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my car was built pro mod legal. So I carry a little extra weight with the fire bottles and things like that. Cause it's a hundred percent pro mod legal. But on top of that being pro mod legal, we carry about 175, almost 200 pounds of extra bolt on weight just to make, uh, make the car weigh 2460. Gotcha. Yep, and um, yeah, if you take a couple hundred pounds out of that thing, then you're uh, you're going to be pushing. You could be pushing right up to that six ten minimum dial. Yeah, Which, yeah, I would like to try it. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right. Well, well, you and I talked about it the other day um, about the the class is just getting faster and faster. You know, and uh, you know, be, a couple years ago, if you built a six ninety car you didn't have to worry about it ever getting in a, in an event. And now um, that's just not going to do it. It's just an interesting progression for the whole class. It's yeah, it's great. Um, I love being in division three, pushing the barrier. Uh, we get a lot of people from 
outside the division coming over here because they want to race with us, race with fast cars. But yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it's they we are pushing the numbers. Uh, I'm excited every time we go to the track just to see what the bump might be. So it's 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 really 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 cool to see things progress. Uh, I was I raced in the hot hotbed of IHRA when you know what I mean every when you went to the racetrack you tuned it to go as fast as you could go and hoping it was enough. So uh, it's really cool to see see it develop and make it a little more challenging to to qualify. That's really cool. Yeah, and and you were at the U.S. Nationals this year for the first event ever in Top Sportsman. Um, do you remember? I mean. It, it's been like that for a little bit, but do you remember a bump spot being that hotly contested? Uh, I mean, what comes close in your mind compared to the U S nationals this year? Nothing on a national event level, but I mean, we had just had similar, similar outcoming at Norwalk divisional. I think it was a, a 74 to qualify at the Norwalk divisional race. So, I mean, we, we had seen it there and it was pretty fast at Indy. So we've had three indie divisionals. So we've had three fast events um, where it's been the bumps have been in 470 or 670. So it's there's three in a row. It's pretty darn cool. Right, and truthfully, if the weather comes around a little bit, this uh, St. Louis divisional might be pretty fast too. I think it will. I think it will. It's a little tougher some guys for traveling, but I think it's should be really good i looked at the sheet for the st louis national it should be pretty good too it looks like there's a we should have around 40 cars and uh there's a lot of quick ones so uh i would expect that to get pretty quick as well yeah no question well hey you cannot run a 640 bracket car without a lot of help um and and I obviously say that in, in joking, your car is, um, is absolutely flying, but talk to us about who all goes along with you. Who's part of the crew and, and really is, uh, is a big deal on race day for you, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. Most importantly, my wife, Linda, she is, she is without a doubt the most important piece to our whole racing program. She, I don't even know what air pressure goes into tires. Uh, she handles everything else. Uh, all I do is drive, you know what I mean? I, I do the tune up and maintenance and things like that. But when it comes to the day to day operations at the racetrack, she is very, very, very important. My son, Maximus, he is starting to be a big help. Um, my mother-in-law TT always goes with us too. She, uh, she always wants to pack the shoots, but uh, I won't let her. I'm not sure if she has an alternative motive or, uh, she's just trying to be helpful. Right. Uh, <laughs> understood on that one. Understood. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's very cool stuff. Uh, and you mentioned your son, Maximus. Uh, how old is he now? And uh, talk to him about his racing program as well. Yeah, he's uh, 15 and a half. He'll be 16 this year towards the end of the year. And uh, so he's currently racing junior dragsters. Uh, mostly on the PDRA side and then uh, local stuff at home. Um, so he, he will be 16. We're looking to find him a super gas car for next year. Something he can run super gas and then uh, also uh, campaign uh, the bracket bash at PDRA and then run the local uh, bracket races at home. So 
we're pretty excited about that. We're, of course, we're going to try to find a, a first-gen Camaro. <laughs> I like it. I don't it. know if it'll be red with flames, but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see what he wants. I'll let him come up with his own paint scheme. A man after my own heart. I like it. Um, well, uh, you mentioned uh, St. Louis coming up. Um, talk to us a little bit about the rest of your schedule here for, for this year. Yeah, we got the St. Louis um, National coming up. Uh, won there last year. Like to like to uh, defend my title and win again. Um, after that, we follow up with the St. Louis Divisional, which is one week later. And then we have a couple weeks off. Uh, we'll finish our season at Virginia for the PDRA race. So we're going to uh, we're going to we're going to go for it when we get out there. We're we were very competitive in points out there. We did well, uh, did well at a few of the events, and if we can hold on to our position. Yep, go get them. I, th- I think uh, you're close, um, and you've kind of got a shot if things go well, right, to win that thing. Yeah, yeah. It, we lost a race, so uh, it's it's not as good of uh, a shot as we had. We're sitting third, and there was an opportunity. They um, we lost a lot uh, because of the hurricane. Yep. Now it's uh, it's a bit of a challenge. Scott's had a tremendous year, and uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Um, well, uh, thank you so, so much for coming on. We appreciate you coming on and just talking to us a little bit about your car and program, and I've been wanting to have you on uh, since we started this program, so thanks for doing that. Um, we wish you the best of luck the rest of the season, and we will talk with you soon. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I would, anytime, I'm always available. Great. That was the great Glenn Butcher. Today's half track report is brought to you by dragracelawyer.com. Like it always is, um, you know by now that if you need someone you can trust, someone who is like you, a drag racer, and has the legal expertise you need, to tune your high horsepower life, you need to go to dragracelawyer.com and talk to Ed. Um, all right, let's get to it. Let's start um, at the national event um, in, uh, or sorry, the national event for the Midwest Pro Mod Series in Memphis. Um, your number one qualifier for Outlaw Top Sportsman was Mick Snyder. He's been on the show. He goes 390 with an eight at 191 miles an hour in the eighth mick was absolutely flying um and the midwest guys got 16 cars there so that was really good um the and their uh bump there was was nice um the winner though was mark pickens over rick smith in the final um so good good showing for the outlaw top sportsman group in memphis there this weekend um, on the top dragster side, your number one qualifier was Phil Oakley from Oakley Motorsports. He builds a mean motor, and he goes 377 with a zero at 195 miles an hour in his dragster. There were 20 diggers on the property. The bump was 429 with a two. Um, so four of those guys went to the non-qualifier race, um, and the winner was Dan Phelps. Um, he goes uh, 416 with a two over our guy Darian Bosch at 388 with a six. So um, Darian gets to the finals. Dan Phelps gets the win. Congrats to all those guys at the Midwest Pro Mod Series. 
Now going west to Woodburn, Oregon in the NHRA Division Six event, uh, your number one qualifier in top sportsman um, in his 63 Corvette going 664 at 208 miles an hour was Ryan Hayward. Um, there were 19 cars there. And uh, we got we to talk about this a little bit. So your fifth qualifier was Sean Herbst in his 68 Firebird. You know Sean. He was on the show. Um, the number six qualifier right behind him was Ted Kellner in his 01 Firebird. Um, so we had a pair of Firebirds qualify fifth and sixth. And guess what? They made it to the final. Um, and this was a great race. So Ted leaves first. He's dialed a 7-11. Um, Sean is right behind him, dialed 709, so practically a heads-up start, practically identical at the at the starting line. Ted gives gives him an 18 light. Sean gives him a 17 light. So we've got a great race at the finish line, and we know Sean is ready to break through, get another win here. And Ted goes one above 12 with a zero. Sean doesn't quite get there, um, so uh, Ted Kellner denies Sean Herbst in the final. Congrats to Ted. That's his eighth top sportsman divisional win. Um, nice run again by Sean, but Ted Kellner gets the victory in Woodburn. On the top dragster side, Steve Thompson is your number one qualifier. He goes 628-9. There were 19 cars there on the top dragster side as well, and your winner is Tom Conan. He is 009 in the final, um, 685-2 on an 82 dial. So um, Lindsay Mazivier gets uh, just a little bit late, but she was dead on two. Tom does a really nice di- job of driving and gets his sixth divisional win in top dragster. Um, all right, so that was really the racing that happened over the weekend. But let's get you caught up on the divisional points leaders, and let's go to NHRA Division Two. Um, so there are uh, six events in this division. Four are complete at this stage. There are two remaining events, uh, Galat on September 27th and 28th, and then Rockingham uh, in October 18th and 19th. So on the top sportsman side, uh, some fr- familiar names here. Sandy Wilkins sitting at the number one spot. He's got 291 points. Um, has claimed five uh, events so far in divisional. Derek Brown is number two at 249 points. He's also claimed five races. Scott Underwood is not that far behind at 229 points, um, claiming four races. And then Dylan Scott has 208 points in four races. They are sitting fourth. And then your fifth place um position right there is Vince Hoda at 184 points. Um, he's, he's claimed seven events at this point. So it appears like Sandy Wilkins is in the driver's seat. Again, he's done this before. This is familiar territory for him. And um, with two events remaining, um, he is without question the favorite in Division Two. On the top dragster side, we've got kind of a similar situation. Jeff Strickland is sitting number one. Uh, he's got 292 points, claiming five events. So um, we know he's a player on the national event level as well. Uh, got an outside shot, I think, or maybe not even outside, but he's got a shot at winning the national championship as well. 
Michael Kalen is sitting number two, trying to play spoiler there. He's got 248 points. Um, has claimed seven events, though, at this point, so um, got to make a run there. Um, Mike Gerlacchio is uh, third. He's got 219 points, four events in. William Brown the third is sitting fourth at 215 points. Um, he's claimed five events. And then Carson Brown is uh, sitting fifth at 187 points. So Jeff Strickland sitting at top of top dragster, uh, your favorite at this point. Sandy Wilkins, your favorite on the top sportsman side um, in Division Two. Next week, we will talk about the JEGS Sports Nationals in Columbus, Ohio. That is an NHRA national event in terms of points. We will also take you to Division 5, Great Bend, Kansas. We'll probably touch base on the Shakedown event, um, which is $7,500 to win for our top sportsman competitors. And we will continue to get you caught up on all the point standings, um, specifically NHRA Division 3 next week. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for a second, uh, guys, girls. Um, there were records breaking everywhere this weekend, and it was awesome. Um, first of all, on the top fuel side, Brittany Force um, goes to Maple Grove and sets a new track ET record there. She goes 362.3 um, at 331 miles an hour, 362.3. To a thousand foot um, is just amazing. Um, I get it. There were mine shaft conditions there, but still, that is amazing. She goes 362.3 and sets the new track record. That is nice on the, the Britney Four side. And then on the funny car, not to be outdone, Ron Cap steps up and sets a new track record um, for mile per hour in his funny car where he goes 339 miles an hour. 339.28 to be exact. That is just nuts. Um, I get it. They got great um, air there. And it's the reason why I've told you guys early on the show, always go to the Friday night qualifying session if you can. Specifically, I was talking about Indy before, but if you can make a Friday night qualified session on the pro show, it is amazing. And they put on an absolute show. Um both on the top fuel and funny car side last weekend in Maple Grove. Um, but to me, that wasn't even the best part of the weekend um, in terms of record breaking. Um, I feel confident that I speak for all of the nation when I say this, and I talked about it last week, um, what an epic adventure drag, re drag week must be. Um, you know, like, what it must take to drive 200 miles in the same car you're trying to make a race car every afternoon and then turn it back into a sedan for the work commute for the next 200 miles. Um, what Tom Bailey and Steve Morris did was epic. The first drag week run in history in the fives, and I'm not even going to do it justice, um, so I'm going to let the mastermind of drag week, David Feiberger, tell you exactly how it went down. And he gets out solid with a 105 short time. He goes for the 8 mile, 194 miles an hour, 599 with an 8, 250 miles an hour. 
I guarantee you people are going nuts worldwide. That car drove in the rain, through potholes, in gas stations, in grocery stores for 760 miles. And in the final pass of the week for official Drag Week competition goes 599 with an 8 at 250 miles an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, you just witnessed history. I can't remember when that many records were just thrown in the trash on the same weekend. Uh, but for drag racing fans everywhere, Britt, Ron, Tom, congrats and thank you. As we hit the mile per hour cone today, we're going to do something that I've never done before. So Lord help us. We're going to bring on our first full on door car Mopower guy. Um, you know, we got the Dodge guys that are a little bit off kilter, so we're going to bring one on. Let's see how this goes. Um, but he does have a beautiful 2013 Dodge Avenger, one of the greatest names for a car ever. He is also the VP of the Midwest Top Sportsman Series. Welcome to the show from Chicago, Illinois, Sean Brady. Sean, how are you today? Doing really good, Rux. Um, Hey, um, I gave you a little bit right there for being a Mopar guy, but your car is beautiful. And I know you've been, uh, racing, um, in around Chicago for a long time. Uh, why don't you tell us about your racing operation? Sure. Yeah. I started racing back in 92 when I was in high school up at Union Grove, Wisconsin. It's a local, uh, mile track where all the big guys went down the guard, you know, big daddy was up there. Coletta's all them kind of started to their environment. Um, started street racing, uh, street car, 69 charger, which I still have restored it. Um, nice. decided wanted to go a little faster, represent the Mopar guys and built a 68 charger for uh, top sportsman. That car, uh, went over to Finland a few years back and that's when I picked up my, uh, 2013 Pickle Avenger. Um, we run sunny power in it. It's a 762 Hemi in it. Um, Bessie T to date was down in Gainesville, uh, last year, went 662 at, just under 210. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of get at the Division Three stuff a little bit, and then we run our own series, the Midwest Top Sportsman. Yeah, um, well, uh, that that's a nice piece. I, I've seen it in, um, yeah, what would you say, 662? Is that uh, kind of where, where yeah, that thing sits? 662, all, you know, natural aspirated. Um, summer months, you know, we're in the below 670s, but it's all all horsepower, no, no power adders or anything. Gotcha. And uh, who built that chassis, Sean? It's a Jerry Bickle race cars. Okay. Jerry Bickle built the car back in, uh, I believe it was like 2013, 14, that, that time era, right around then. Okay. And, um, and you got a power glide in it, a turbo four? What do you, what do, you do to. No, we, we, we run a uh, Baxter Racing uh, two speed power glide. Uh, Don Baxter builds a lot of the transmissions for our Division Three uh, Midwest Top Sportsman guys. Okay. Um, car, car, 60 foot, nine seventies in good air and, you know, nine eighties, nine nineties and then the summer heat I and mean, it, it, it gets after it. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, and you, you said you've been racing in the Midwest top sportsman series for a while. Um, how did you get involved on the administration side of this? So back in uh, 2009, uh, Jim Pat and Brian Brown, uh, kind of decided, Hey, let's, let's get a we have a great group of guys here. We were all racing Route 66 and Juliet and Byron at the time. And let's get an association going. Um, so that's right a little after I started getting into it, but kind of like the beginning of my top sportsman racing. Um, so 
So, you know, it, it was just make racing fun again. That was our motto, and it still is our motto. If it's not fun, why are we doing it? So they made it so much fun again. You know, it, not yeah. that it wasn't, but it just kind of brought some life back to all the local guys. Like, hey, we can do this. You know, uh-huh. let's, let's bring these cars back in. And, um, you know, at the time, it was mainly I-Tray, Top Sportsman's running. You know, it was kind of the beginning of all the Top Sportsman's, kind of just on the cusp of, of – uh, getting going. Um, so they ran it for a couple of years, and then uh, Jim Takia, Brian Brown, and Rick Soka, and the Soka family ran it for a few years. And now myself, Alex Bozik, uh, with Brian Brown and Larry Dumpy, we kind of taken over the reign again a few years later, or a few years back. You know, it's always good to have some fresh blood and, and, and new ideas and, and, and stuff like that. And we've been very successful. You know, we're not going to wood, and, and we thank everyone for it, but it's been a really good series. Uh, it's our 10th anniversary this year, so we're not newcomers. You know, we're, we're in for the long haul. Right. And you mentioned Alec Bozik. I mean, it, you've got a group of great racers. I mean, he was the Division Three uh, top sportsman champ in 2017 So on the NHRI side. So he's um, doing it on both series at a high level, um, and that goes to speak well for that entire series. Um and how many how many events do you guys do per year usually? So so typically we're in that six seven eight eight event uh, schedule. Um, we try not to you know there's so much racing going on now. We try not to conflict with NHRA division racing, national events, PDRA, not so much PDRA but more like Midwest uh, Pro Mod Association, Keith Haney's group. Yep. We we try our best to schedule around those races, at least the local ones that you know we don't want our members to have to decide Midwest Top Sportsman or NHRA. And not all of our members race any trade, um, so it's kind of a, a, a balancing act, per se. Um, but, again, you know, we want our current car count to be good. We want everybody else's car count to be good. So with the new schedules coming out, typically we get six or seven weekends a year where there aren't any conflicts, and those are the weekends we try to go after. And a lot of guys use them as testing. Um, Jill Palmer, for example, he came out with us a couple weeks ago at Byron for our, our big dollar race. He had he had a blast. He was going for the money, but he was like, "Hey, man, this is a free test session for me. Yeah. You know, I'm going division racing, national event racing in St. Louis in, in a few weeks. This is a great test bed for me. I can try new things out." And he did, and, it, and he was successful. Um, yeah, being from Southern Illinois, like I am, I've I've had you know your series on my radar for a little bit, and I've had a chance to watch you guys run an event and um, bunch of high level cars. Um, and really a, a nice program that you guys have for, especially for guys that um, maybe aren't sure exactly uh, where, you know, where they'll qualify on the NHRA side of things. And it, it does allow them to test and to improve their program. Absolutely. So, you know, that's our goal is, um, you know, we have a, we, we run by NHRA rules um, to keep it simple. There's no interpretation of rules at all. Um, Typically, we have car count between, you know, 22 and 28 cars. We don't typically have a full 32-car field. I mean, when you're doing stuff outside of division racing, national event, and NHRA stuff, it, it's kind of hard sometimes to get that car count, especially as a local series. But we have a very strong car count. Um, and that, that allows some local guys at the tracks to come out, and maybe they're running Super Pro, or we've got uh, Rob Prost, dude. He runs Nostalgic Pro Stocks sometimes in, in the Ozark Mountain uh, Shifters Racing Association. Yep. He'll come and play with us. He's like, hey, if you guys are in Cordova or Havana, I'll meet you down there. You know, if it's an off weekend for him. And um, so it, it really kind of opens it up to other groups. Um, you know, a lot of guys, you know, that are racing with us started in Super Pro. I mean, they actually, they started, let me back up. They started in straight 
pros, super pro. And then um, sometimes they're a little intimidated by it, but hey, you know, come and come and go with us. We had a, a racer this year, Juliet. Um, he's running super pro. He's like, hey, you know what? Do you mind if I race with you guys? And he had a blast. You know, cross line burnout. You know, he's never had so much fun racing. Um, and the, the the fun factor, let's say, you know, the competitive side, we're very competitive too. Um, but it gives them kind of they're open their eyes. That's kind of our future that we got to look at too for top sportsmen is. Um, there's some stepping stones to get to that point usually. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Uh, make drag racing fun again. It sounds eerily similar to something I've heard before. Um, I sure, think... we said it first, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's what it's all about, you know. Yeah, um, and about how many um, members do you guys have that are coming out every, uh, every uh, event? So to our, our count averages probably about 24 cars a race this year. Um, okay. We're up a little this year. You know, economy's a little better. Some guys break throughout the year. We're averaging about 24 cars right now. Yep. Um, Member-wise, I think we're at 39 members for the year. Okay. Midwest Top Sports members. So, you know, throughout the year, some guys, you know, as myself too, you can't make every race. We have conflicts. There's other things going on. But for the most part, um, you know, the guys that aren't making it, the other guys are coming. You know, it kind of bounces back and forth a little bit. And, Typically, we pick up anywhere from three to six local. Um, if we're going out of out of our little area here, Joliet and, and Byron, uh, we pick up three to six local guys that, that race with us also. And for our listeners that are maybe in California or Florida or New York or wherever they might be, talk a little bit about the average dials that uh, you see in your race and then what maybe a max dial in you'd allow. Sure. So we race um, quarter mile and eighth mile. Um, a lot of it has to do with the track. Uh, track conditions, the weather, but for the most part, uh, Route 66 is always quarter mile, and typically um, our average ET, I'd say, is probably in that 710 range. Um, Rick Soka and, and uh, Don Baxter and Kyle Dunphy, you know, they'll run in the six, 660s, 650s, depending um, on, again, weather conditions, um, and then we'll have guys that are running, they, they run the, the max dial, which is 799. They'll put a 799 in the window and run, you know, 80 or 802, and, um, they're going after reaction time, and, and they're still going some rounds sometimes. Yep. Um, eighth mile wise, you know we've got guys again going the four twenties to the five five teens, low five twenties. Um, we try not to turn anyone away. So if there's a race where uh, our eighth mile bump is five twenty nine, and they're running that five twenty nine five thirty five range, and, and they're afraid, hey, the weather's not going to be that good, and you know we're going to run in five thirty. Um, I always encourage them to talk to us. It's all about communication. We'll work with you on it. You know, we don't want to see a car not show up because they're afraid they're going to miss the bump. That's, that's not what we're about. Yeah. Um, we're about the competition and having, you know, here at, at a couple of weeks ago at Byron, we had a two, three thousand dollars to win races back to back Saturday and Sunday. We had 28 cars show up. It was a great turnout and it was fun. It was like an NHRA event. Great burnouts. Uh, DJ, the owner of Byron, is having fun. He had a big smile on his face all day. Uh, it was just a great race, um, and that that's what that's what we're about. Is again, just have fun. Go go with it, you know. And we don't have to, you know everybody's you know racers have egos. We don't have too many problems in our group. I mean, one hundred percent of the time, everybody's got a smile on their face. And if there is a discrepancy or something, it's taken care of real quickly. And, and usually, it's real real casual. You know, yeah. Well, you mentioned the money. So you usually, um, what two grand to win for something like that. That's pretty good for, you know, five rounds of racing. 
Absolutely. So one thing uh, we changed up a couple years ago is we have a guarantee to win purse. Um, so for at least for 2019, you know, with the help of all of our partners that partner up with us throughout the year and, and members and, and whatnot, um, our guaranteed uh, payout for members was two thousand dollars and uh, seven fifty runner up, and that's guaranteed. Three cars show up, we're paying that out no matter what. Uh, we've had a couple specialty races at Byron with a back to back three thousand to win. Um, uh, race and then this coming up weekend we have a race at uh, Havana, Illinois. It's our last points race, it's 2500 to win. So, typically, gotcha. our entry yeah. fee is uh, oh, go ahead. No, it's a very reasonable entry fee. I mean, less than a, a Cubs game, and then um, you get to win or you know, race for 2500 bucks. It, it seems like a good deal to me, yeah. And it seemed like we. we we, we always, you know, the, the big thing with those communication with me and Alex, so we talk to a lot of the guys to find out, hey, would you rather have a high-dollar race or one that pays first round? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, a lot of the guys come back and say, we don't care about the money. But, you know, in the back of the head, they do. If they're winning, they care about the money. Right. But we, we decided to, to make it a little top-heavy, and it pays out to a third-round loser. So okay. if you go a couple of rounds, you can kind of your entry fee back, and then semis. and So we pay back a little bit, um, but it's more – it's more prestige for that. And then, um, like we talked, Lex, you know, we have a, our own Midwest Top Sports from Wally that's made by uh, Brownie and Tony Brown. Uh, Tony, with her father, makes these trophies. You know, you've got a piston, broken rods, broken springs. It's really cool. Perfect. Um, and that's where our race winner gets. So we can't give you a Wally, but we'll give you the you know Midwest Top Sports in one, which, which is even cooler. <laughs> I like it. Parts from our cars. I like we it. We have a lot of parts. You have, you have fast cars, you have great competition, a lot of fun, some cash, and then a wally ish type thing. I, I mean, it sounds like an absolute blast, Sean. Oh, it is. We um, we also have a championship points fund, so at the end of the year, the Midwest Top Sports from the top five get some get money, you know, 1000 bucks to win the championship. Um, it, so overall, it's just it, it, somehow it all flows. It flows very well. Yeah. It works really well. So you've got guys from obviously Illinois, probably Indiana, Michigan, what, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, probably that area. Yeah, yeah we have a couple of guys that will come up from Missouri. You know, we've been to St. Louis a couple of times. Uh, Ron Myrtle's down in St. Louis. He'll come and join us sometimes with his Dodge Avenger. Um, so when we're going out like that, we really try to reach out to the track, um, find out, hey, you know, well, who's some of the guys that race with you at the local, local level, either Quick 8 or Quick 16, whatever it may be. So we try to track them a little bit, and then just like stuff like this, word of mouth really helps out trying to get get the racers to come in. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, don't particularly like that. There's more than one Dodge guy getting together with another one. Um, I think uh, we need to segregate you guys. But uh, you know, that being said, obviously I'm joking with you. Um, it, it sounds like a really cool series, and um, I wish you guys well. If if our listeners are out there and they're interested, what's the best way to get a hold of, of you and the Midwest Top Sportsman Series and, um, and you know, talk talk about joining and, and competing with you guys? Sure. So our Facebook page is Midwest Top Sportsman. Our website is www.midwesttopsportsman.com. Uh, both sites have a lot of information on it. Our Facebook page is truly kept up to date on a weekly basis. Our website probably every few weeks. But the, application the, the rules points car or racers we have photo of all, most of our cars on there the numbers all that's on our website yeah. um, but usually the most up-to-date information is on our facebook page 
Yeah, great. Yeah, that's uh, that's how it all is these days. It's uh, but it's easy and that's good. So, guys, girls, hit up the Midwest Top Sportsman Facebook page. Um, let them know um, you're out there um, checking in on them and and race with them if you absolutely can. Um, Sean, thanks so much for coming on. Um, appreciate you uh, filling us in on on your series and and we wish you the best of luck. Um, you personally running that Avenger. Appreciate it, Rex. Uh, appreciate the time on the, on the show. Yeah. All right. That was uh, Sean Brady with the Midwest Top Sportsman Series. All right. Let's bring it back in and take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 23. There it is. Look up. There it is. The wind light. Um, all is right in the world now that we got that win and producer rob is playing our favorite song of all time hey thanks to glenn butcher and sean brady for coming on they were both fantastic next week we'll have results points updates and as always the best drivers and tech talk um tell your like-minded fast bracket friends about the show continue to get the word out and welcome them to fast brackets nation Uh, i hope you enjoyed it keep the rubber side down and travel safe. I think so. Yeah, we got we got more door cars on today, so that always makes me feel a little warm and fuzzy. These cars go fast. Brother, I'm telling you.